Is it a wham, bam, 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 Hit the drum roll. Get your seat back, straight tails up, red lock position. Here we go. It is Tuesday night. Gonna have some fun. Gonna do some things. Scuba on a ride tonight. We're gonna talk about some things, talk about some movies, some games. Movies, games, shows, and an eclectic list of news items yeah we do have we do have a little bit we got some odds and ends we got state of game we got what's up we got uh fireside we'll chat all those little things that go on the itty bitties of the nitty gritties that is known as the interwebs yes yes so hey thanks for coming to hang out with us thanks for checking out this video if you like what you're seeing please be sure to give a like leave a comment and hit the little bell notification and subscribe all of the things here on youtube to do the to feed the algorithm Mayflower, good evening. How are hey, you today? Hey. What's going on in the chats? Chatty chats. Everybody in the chat, feel free to shout out, pipe in all those fun things. Gonna try and do some interaction. Uh, of course, we'll have a point. We'll probably take some questions. We'll talk state of game. I got a couple of interesting topics I wanted to chit chat about tonight. Go with the flow. And I just follow you lead or. That's what I we do. We go with the flow. We go with the flow. We do with the things. We're going to have some fun. It's yeah. February. Here we go, here we go. All right, Rye, what have you been up to, my man? Here's our first segment, which is our what's up, what we've been doing. What has been happening? How have we spent the last week? Uh, well, um, we, we did get some snow. We did get some snow. It was here and it was gone. That is typical Virginia weather. It's here and it's gone. Um, but other than that, I have been just... Uh, dealing with the dealing with the school stuff lots of reading lots of writing doing um prepping for my independent research project because for the 500 level um 500 level students which includes me we have an additional assignment on top of all the other assignments that we have in the class but hey that is grad school for you um training mode at work just training 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 um learning new things shadowing people you know building up that knowledge so i can be ready for prime time there um but nothing else other than that, other than just kind of blazing through a lot of TV shows. Um, a couple of shows I finished up recently, Vikings, which was season six and its final season. So the whole series has been completed. Um, one of the best and underrated shows on television. So if you've never watched it, this is a good time to check it out. Very underrated show. And it's a good compliment to people that like fantasy, like lore, like um, anything of that nature. Good show. Uh, finished up a Japanese adaptation of a manga on Netflix called Alice in Borderlands. That was really trippy, but it's gotten me trying to find the manga so I can read the rest of the story. Um, some other shows I finished up, uh, History of Swear Words on Netflix. You can you can probably figure out what it is. And it was hosted by Nick Cage. Go figure. Um, Sabrina, the last season on Netflix, as well as Bridgerton with my girlfriend Angelica. And then a bunch of anime. I am an anime freak, and in the beginning of every year, they drop a lot of new and amazing anime to watch. One of them is Jujutsu Kaisen. If you don't know the name, check it out on Crunchyroll. Other than that, lots of gaming, lots of schoolwork, just balancing my time between a lot of different things. That's about it, but hey, we get to suffer six more weeks of winter. Heard the groundhog uh, saw his shadow today. It is the second. You see this? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. That, well, what would you expect? We, sorry, that we should just expect six weeks of winter. Winter. 
yeah, whatever that means for Virginia winter, you know. But yeah, tap, uh, speaking of Virginia weather, it was just sprinkling. And when I'm driving here, everybody was driving 10 below the speed limit everywhere in sprinkles. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> not like, you know, Chicago where it's like blizzard outside, still rolling down the interstate at 90 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. The, now I know why there's a lot of dents in bumpers in Chicago. I did realize that the one time I went up there. I've only been up there once and once was enough. <laughs> you don't have to say anymore. I understand. I, I had to, uh, was, uh, 2004. February, 2000, February 2004, when my wife completed uh, Navy boot camp. Oh, yeah. I flew into Chicago so I could roll up to Great Lakes for the for the to attend the graduation. Mm-hmm. Got in at like nine o'clock at night at O'Hare Airport and had to drive through a blizzard to Great Lakes. And I was like, nope, sorry, not enjoying this. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> the four-letter word is why I moved south. Touche there, touche there. Can't complain. Can't, I, I, I like the mountains, and I, I know snow is a part of being in the mountains, but I'm also like, you know what? I'm kind of deal. I can live without it for a little bit. I can appreciate it when I see it, but I can live without it as long as I've got the spaces because the snow really kind of messed up my whole Zen this week. Oh yeah, it did. You, we talked about it on the yeah, Sunday well, scoop. Yep. Sunday mornings, yeah. ten, uh, noon, noon Eastern here on YouTube. I do a live show where I paint miniatures and, and chit chat. I'm thinking about adding some interview elements. If I can talk to some people in the community who want to hang out while I paint a mini and just kind of, you know, chit chat kind of deal. But anyways, so I was prepping up a group of orcs from Reaper minis mm -hmm. and I was going to do a primer, uh, a base coat on them before I started painting. Unfortunately, because it had snowed the night before, which was terribly <laughs> inconvenient. Terribly. I, I, it's like my paint did not get, I even did the trick with the bowl of hot water, put the can in the in there so the warms up the can. The air was still so cold. Way too cold. That I could not get a good covering over my miniatures. And it was like, I tried outside, didn't work. Tried inside on a makeshift painting uh, uh, booth, didn't work. So it's like, I need to build a proper spray booth at some point this summer so that I could do these wonderful things without having to try and stand outside at the worst weather possible. But, you know, I digress. It is the way <laughs> of the world within this atmosphere that we know as Virginia. But, you know, I mean, I thought it was... Uh, Another great funny snow story in the mountains when I was driving to Seattle in 2009 is I had decided, got this wild, crazy idea that I would drive to Seattle to find a job because I wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. So I got an apartment. I drove out there. I took a gamble, took a risk. And when I drove through like Idaho or whatever, I stopped at a rest stop. And of course, it had been snowing. And I go up to the rest stop and I see a metal pipe in the snow. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Two months later, I drive back and I stop at the exact same rest stop. That pipe was the handrail. There was so much snow, you could walk at the same <laughs> level as the handrail. I was like, wow, I didn't even think, well, it's possible. I mean, it was crazy enough. I, when yeah. I rolled into Billings, Montana, rolled into Billings, it looked like it was spring outside. 
right? Like green fields, you know, nothing. Yeah. Went to bed, woke up, two feet of snow on the ground. I'm like, what the? Did I just walk in through? <laughs> and of course, people up north are like, yeah, that's like a Tuesday here. So it was like, no big deal. I'm like, all right, fine, fine. I get it. <laughs> little southern, southern boy in the, in, the nor in the north, you know, it's a little weird. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, it was a little, little inconvenient painting, getting miniatures together, but I did get them primed and I think it added a nice element as I'm working through the painting. I'm going to finish those up this Sunday, uh, or uh, maybe I'll finish them up. Maybe I'll just get further. Who knows? Kind of developing it as I go. Anyways, go with the flow. Yeah. Going with the flow. Uh, last week is, you know, I got my Jeep back. Yes. I got my Jeep back. I feel very happy. I got my Jeep back. And I had that aha moment when you told me <laughs> that same aha moment I had last week. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, you know, I had, I had two vehicles then I had one, then I got two, but one didn't work. So took it, it was sent over to my brother-in-law shop, uh, auto shop that he and his dad owned and they fixed it up. And so it was like, okay, it took a few, it took quite a few weeks to get that kind of situated. But we went on Saturday after I finished Shadow Watch and we went and picked up the car. So now my wife has her own dedicated car mm -hmm. and I have my Jeep back. And it's like, great. And <laughs> funny as I'll get out yesterday, I'm sitting here and I'm working through stuff. I'm, I spent a lot. I found some really great YouTube videos on DaVinci Resolve, which is the program I use for my video editing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize there are features in DaVinci Resolve that I thought I needed this other software to do that. No, I could just spend some time learning and I could do it in DaVinci. I was like, ooh, gonna have to try and work on some of that. But anyways, practice, practice, practice. Yeah, my daughter comes in and she's like, what do we do for lunch? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to do for lunch? I don't know what we got. Well, we got sandwiches. Oh, wait a minute. We got a Jeep. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we got a Jeep. But you can't eat a Jeep. No, you can't eat a Jeep. Well, well, we could go out and get food. Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's yeah, good. I guess we could. I, I could actually leave the house for the first time in like six months during the week without my wife being home because she would take the vehicle to work. So it's like, oh, boy, here we go again. Freedom ring. <laughs> so, you know, it's nice to be able to. It, it's nice to have that option there. But yeah, I got my Jeep back, uh, did some mini painting, did some video training on stuff. Um, and then the usual things, uh, community session for Realm Smith. Uh, a lot of fun there. Um, had the day, had the games, had that kind of stuff. Even even got some video game time in. So I feel quite quite satisfied that I could actually get some video game time in. Yeah, that's always good. But <clears throat> that being said, let's dive into our reviews. We got two things we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna do our movie review for the latest one from Rye Reviews, and Rye we're gonna reviews. talk about WandaVision episode four that dropped last week. So, FYI. It's, Probably a little bit of spoiler stuff going on in there. Just letting you know that up front. And uh, let's dive right in, shall we? Dive into the mysteries of the crimes and the dramas. Yeah. The drama crimes. All righty. So this week we're talking about the latest release uh, uh, with Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, and... Rami Malek. Rami Malek, The Little Things. This is one of the this is one of the movies that Warner, that Warner Brothers released on both uh, theatrical release and on HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you can check this out there. It'll be available for the next 30 days. 
and then it'll kind of go away with the rest of the release schedule for films coming out in theater. Or if you happen to have a theater that's open and this is playing, you could go check it out there. But this is an interesting kind of crime drama thriller. Uh, right. Take it away. Tell us what tell us about the little things. Yeah, the little things uh, starring uh, 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 three big name actors, like you said, um, and it focuses on a uh, serial killer on the loose in the city of angels, aka Los Angeles. So what this film does, it pits uh, pulls together two unlikely detectives as they must work together in this case to try to figure out who's the one behind the murders. Um, you have Denzel Washington who plays Joe Deacon, who is a deputy sheriff who has to travel to Los Angeles to get some evidence for a crime back where he is deputy sheriff in Kent County. Um, through some convenient plot devices and situational um, methods, he is uh, introduced um, to uh, Jim Baxter, who's the lead special detective on this big murder case happening in Los Angeles. And when they come together, it's pretty much a, a predictable direction of a typical um, um, typical crime procedural drama that you would see in any kind of situation of storytelling regardless if it's TV or movie so what this film does is that it pits these two characters together and they're just pretty much trying to solve a crime um, there's really not much else to it in the first half of this film. You're basically following these two cops as they go in from scene to scene, the investi investigating the crime scene. They have introspective moments of the crime scenes and they have moments of exposition where they're talking back and forth. And then each scene pretty much mimics each other, fades to black, and then it just rehashes that same kind of foundational method. Um, because of that, it, there's not really any, any girth or any any gravity to the story of what's happening it's just a straight up procedural drama it's crime evidence trying to put things together characters talking or nothing and it really adds a very lackluster appeal especially with the the two big names in the role denzel washington and remy malik um you can tell that they are trying their best to add emotional worth to their relationship but the script is so dry and bare it makes it look make them look like they are just going into an acting class for the first time it's pretty terrible until jared leto's character comes into the fray and they suspect him he plays a guy by the name of albert's um albert sparma and they suspect him because of his uh, eeriness of his behavior and his love for this um crime and when he gets introduced into it the rest of the film turns into a cat and mouse game of was he is he or isn't he the actual suspect i think the trifecta between him and the other two characters helps add a little bit of levity to it and it leads into a third act where it starts to blend the idea of how far um without spoiling it how far will you go to try to prove the point that um try to make the truth the truth even if the truth isn't really there and it leads into a climax that actually lifts the film a little bit but doesn't really take away from the lethargic kind of journey that you've got from the beginning take it away scoop yeah um watch this one actually a little bit ago it was uh it really kind of made me sit and think at the end of it um this had a very seven vibe you yes. ever remember uh classic seven with uh brad pitt brad pitt morgan freeman and kevin spacey yeah i don't know why the names are spacing on me right now no but intended 
So yeah, it was it had a very seven vibe to it. But it it also kind of felt like um I'd seen these kind of role uh, specifically Denzel. I've seen this role that he's done in a couple of different films. So this didn't I mean this is definitely his bread and butter type of character that we've seen him do. Um Rami, he's been just sailing and nailing it on the various roles that he's been doing of late. And then, of course, we have Jared Leto, who, shenanigans aside, is gets really kind of in there and really kind of builds a life for the character. Uh, you know, say what you want about method acting methodology. He's a chameleon. But it's it was a very interesting set of characters. But overall, though, the film really wasn't that... Kind of like there was suspense, but it wasn't really suspenseful. There was dialogue and there was a lot of things you listen to and there's nuance, but no real, no real payoff in a sense. So uh, the film is pretty good. The film is pretty good in my opinion. It's just, it's not, it, it's not something that is really going to be all that memorable. And it, it leaves you really kind of asking questions at the end, like, what did I just watch? Or wait a minute, who 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 did what? Where? Huh? Yeah, it does a lot of uh, mixing up with the truths, and it does add a spin of morality and questioning of, you know, what you would do for a crime. But because of everything leading up to it, it kind of falls flat on its potential. The things I do like, there are the the elements that I really do like. Regardless, take Jared, Jared Leto. Jared Leto's introduction into the film changes the film quite a bit yes it does the other two though it's like you're seeing and and they're you're seeing uh someone they're both they were they were they're both involved with homicide and have a kind of a dedication to solving the crime but the question that i get afterwards is okay how far does that dedication go before it has serious implications on your personal psyche yeah and that was a very interesting element to this film and then there's whole there's the whole bit with jared leto's character where he's just kind of plucking the strings <laughs> and That's he an plucks the string <laughs> until the point it either snaps or it doesn't and it's you're kind of watching that evolve so while it has a vibe that is very reminiscent of Seven, it is not Seven. Yeah. It is not the gravitas of the what's in the box moment we know from Seven. It has it has a similar tension, a similar kind of thriller vibe, but it's a different it's it's less about the the murderer and more about the the direction these cops are going in trying to solve the crime and that you see kind of a ghost of Christmas future with Denzel's character and Christmas present with uh, Rami's character. And that's a very interesting dynamic that you see kind of develop out 
throughout the course of the film. But in the end, I think you should go watch it to check it out. Give me, give us your opinions. If you have seen it and uh, whatnot, please leave a comment down below. Let's continue the conversation there. Oh, yeah. Rye, what did you give this on the Rye review scale? On the Rye review scale, like I said, little things, it drives a persistent familiarity that gives a mixed bag of results. It was a fun ride, just a hollow experience. It is on HBO Max for 30 days, so if you have that, check it out. It's in theaters to anybody that wants to watch it. Overall, three out of five. Worth seeing at the right price at theater, but it's on HBO Max. Sit down on the couch, check it out. All right, I'm going to go 3.5 out of five. Like I said, it, it had some moments that on reflection really kind of make it kind of shine and is a, is a credit to these actors but definitely go check it out if you theater discount or check it out on hbo max and see what's up so there was that and now for uh let's talk about wandavision episode four we interrupt this program yes all right so <laughs> pre let you know this is this is us doing our review and opinion spoilers if you have not seen it it is up on disney plus uh so you could go check it out there uh if you don't if you have if you so but i think this is great because this is a complete this feels like a midpoint in the show where it's like we're backfilling elements from the previous three episodes Oh, yes. And we're changing the perspective, which is great how Marvel does is doing this. It's like, you think you're going one way, and then Marvel goes, hey, check this out over here. Oh, yeah. Um, This episode, it actually, instead of just, um, you know, filling in the gaps of the first three episodes, it actually goes a little bit further back and actually uh, brings in the introduction of Monica Rambeau and actually the aftermath of the, the second snap. And how everybody came back so you get to see her, how she comes into the fray um and also the introduction of sword and how it plays into all the intricacies that are happening on wandavision yes and we see we we, we see darcy come back from the thor franchise uh we see the fbi agent from ant-man and the wasp jimmy come woo. back jimmy woo and we start to fill in some of the stuff going on to where it's like all these theories that we had on the internet watching this is actually getting kind of answered and it leaves us still with more questions that's what i love about this episode it like it answered with more questions and it provided some backdrop on the theories and hints of what was happening and uh creates this allure of great in uh great uh storytelling character development and also genre bending because what you had is a very the first three episodes were very much uh sitcom -y, cheesy but there was a very dark satirical tone to it because not everything was was what it seems this episode took all of that slapstick and flipped it and turned it into a horror straight up horror in my opinion especially with uh, all the stuff that wanda was doing how she knocked monica out of the wandavision how she saw that illusion of the real vision and then just the the eeriness of what's oh, that, to come that bit seeing vision and get yeah, that whole kind of jump scare moment totally yeah. was not seeing that coming oh yeah and it just added to this and it, i'm really wanting to see it I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp of a few people i think wanda's having a psychotic break yep and that we are poor unfortunate souls who are trapped in the in in the outcome of that oh yeah 
which you and I were talking offline. Uh, we were talking a bit about this on Sunday, actually. Yeah. This is one of the things I love about Marvel characters and how they're grounded and how Marvel is not afraid to introduce elements that you would almost think, well, these people should be above this. It's like, no, we saw this in Logan. Xavier, in, in, in the movie Logan, Xavier was suffering from dementia. And you saw what happened with and that dementia. Powers. And it, it's like... Yeah, you know, mental. I love how the subtle message is: mental health is not something to be taken lightly, and that mental health can affect anybody. Oh, yeah. and, it, it, and for her, though, I mean, she lost her brother, she lost her boyfriend, she got sucked into the nothingness of the blip, and then back, and then right into the mix of it. So she has not really had time. Mm -mm to cope with these because she's an orphan. I mean, a lot of that going in there and he's like, yeah, she's probably a little, probably losing it a little bit. Yeah, and that fractured mentality with her um, powers, which if anybody knows from the comics, she is one of the strongest characters in the Marvel universe. Uh, with that fractured mind and everything, and also maybe hints of uh, other influences, it's not only creating something that is weird to 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 the world that it is the MCU at this point, but it's scary of the ramification that what happens if she goes completely berserk. Well, I mean, they are saying this is loosely based on the House of M uh, comic line, oh, yeah. where Wanda did reshape reality with no mutants and put Magneto in as king of the world. Oh, yeah. Um, there's those elements, plus we're introducing and we're seeing things set for long term uh, with the MCO, which is really kind of fascinating. Oh, yeah, it's great because there's a lot of... Uh... This is this is another credence to how great Kevin Feige is in mapping and subtly building things. What this show is showing that a shared universe can have uh, interconnected characters and stories, but at the same time being encapsulated in its own. There's a lot of hints. I don't know if you picked up on it when she was talking with her, um, um, with um, what is his name? The acting director. Yeah, Tyler Hayward. When he was talking about the astronauts and getting lost in space. Um, there's theories out there uh, going at that that is a plant for the future Fantastic Four movie. It seems legit. Mm -hmm. Especially with S.W.O.R.D. dealing with intergalactic stuff. You know, everybody knows how the Fantastic Four got their powers and the introduction of the cosmic microwave background stuff. Just little little droplings of the first family in Marvel. Yep. <laughs> Marvel's first family. But yeah, yeah uh, Overall, though, this has been really fascinating. We're not diving too much into spoilers because obviously this is live and there's no chance for you to pause. And I don't want you to pause. I want you to stick around and watch this. And so we're going to tease on it. We're going to dance around it. But yeah. straight up, we both really enjoy this. This is actually my favorite episode, my favorite episode of the show so far. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens because I want to see the theories about Agatha. I want to see where Dottie falls into this. I want to see if if uh, what happens with Vision. Because what happens with uh, her twins? Oh, the twins, yep. her moving forward through the decades of television and, and all of that. It's really fascinating. So can't wait to see that. Episode five should be out this Friday here on Disney+. Plus. Yep. So if you haven't watched it, go check it out. Catch up. And we'll, we'll talk about episode five next week. See you then. Oh, yeah. On the next episode of The Sitcom. I think they're heading into the 70s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they should be. Well, they kind of touched on that with the uh, 
They touched on that a little bit with C episode three. Yeah. Because that was very much modeled after like the Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we should be getting into the 80s, the 90s and the 2000s. Remember, there's nine episodes of this first season. We've gone through three. So we've had three decades up. Now we're going to run. Uh, now we're going to hit run through the next set. So it should be very fascinating. Be some fun stuff ahead. Uh, but yeah. So next up is a uh, state of game. A section where we talk about all the various games we were playing and what we're playing them on. Uh, all those fun things, uh, whether it's a video game, a tabletop game, a board game, a mobile game, whatever. Let's talk about games. What are some of your favorite games or what some what some of the games you played last week? But uh, as usual, Rye, take it away with what video games you've been uh, spending your time with. Well, after the big patch, I decided, heck, let's go do a big deep dive in traversing Night City and Cyberpunk. Okay. And I have reached the final mission. So and instead you of. It. Nope. Because the second you walk up to the plaza, it tells you once you cross this point, you can't return until you finish. And so it's like, that means let's go do the side quest. So. I went and added, uh, put squirrel, squirrel moment on steroids and started doing a lot of the side quests. And quite frank, uh, quite frankly, this game has uh, jumped up to being really enjoyable because of the great cast of characters in this game and just the randomness of stuff that you could find. Because doing the side quests, I managed to get a hold of Johnny Silverhand's gun, um, his Porsche. I got the Mantis arms, which are uh, about to drop a curse word, but very awesome. And I have switched out the blades so they're flame blades. So when I'm fighting people and chopping up, they're burning while I'm slicing them alive. And the one thing I told you, which I told you on Sunday, is uh, I was running down an alley and then I heard a voice and then I looked to the left and there's a dead body and this gun that was talking to me called Skippy. And I picked up this gun, and basically this is a, a artificial intelligence pistol that you can set to do two different modes, which I set to kill mode. So what happens is when you shoot this gun, it automatically does headshots. So yeah, that was an interesting piece of work that I picked up. But I am thoroughly navigating and enjoying all of Night City. After the latest patch that he dropped, I wasn't having a lot of the glitches before, and it's a even a lot more smoother this time around. No drops, no no breaks, no nothing. So having fun there. Um, I skipped over the web slinging and decided to jump into Torchlight 3 because it's on Game Pass. Why not? And I love Torchlight 2 like nobody's business. So jumping in this game, getting familiar with it, and I've. I'm definitely enjoying it. it is that fun paced kind of action RPG I liked um, killing monsters getting tons of loot and yeah I haven't gotten too far in the game um, but I am level 5 I am one of the mage characters and that's because I like powers and all that kind of stuff so yeah those are the two games I've been messing around with I've actually got quite a few games I've been playing I know <laughs> let's get into that all right so uh, I dusted off my PlayStation 3 uh, because uh, and started working my way through the Uncharted franchise. I've only played Uncharted 3, so I never played the first couple of games, even though I've seen how the story plays out and I really do appreciate that style of game. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm working through Uncharted 3 or Uncharted and I got to a point where I'm really frustrated with trying to complete the puzzle because it's a combat puzzle and you have to do it at a certain pace. Otherwise, you get caught and once you get cornered, you're done. So that was a little frustrating. Um, dusted off my Nintendo 3DS and started playing some Xenoblade Chronicles mm -hmm. uh, 3D, which has been really fun. I like kind of those. I, I'm really kind of digging that. I've gotten through the tutorial a little bit more. I was doing that while I was watching videos render, so it seemed like a good time killer. Um, and of course, started playing Torchlight 3, which that, that is a whole lot of fun and nostalgic because years ago I started play I played Torchlight 2, and you and I spent many hours playing together. Many hours. That's yeah. to the tip of the it, iceberg. It got released. It's on Game Pass right now for, for Xbox, so downloaded it started playing i picked up the characters like the railroader and or, or the, the the engineer one and this time it's like you start off with a giant sledgehammer and then for <laughs> your special you can summon a train that literally follows you that has cars that you can unlock like one i, I think i've unlocked the shield card car last night and i and i have the turret car so it's like it follows you around. I mean, the pets are a lot more interactive and, and combat focused. I have a llama named Toast. I got the little I got a little random gift, dude, where the guy <laughs> floats around. He's like a little goblin dealy. Yeah. And he like summons two skeletons that fight with you whenever you get in whenever every every so often. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I'm having lots of fun with him because I don't I don't want to go it alone. I have friends. <laughs> oh, one thing about that game, which they didn't have in the other one, they have a, you have your own fort. Yes, I did unlock that. Yeah. I was a little like, wow, you could like customize your fort. That's pretty That's cool. Really cool. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like it, it seems kind of a gimmicky thing to me, but I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hey, and they had one of those things when I used to play Lord of Rings online. They called them homesteads. You can purchase a house and just fill it up how you want. Remember Skyrim did that? That Hearthstone uh, expansion you could get for Skyrim where you could like build your... Uh, buy land in a bunch of places and then, then like build houses. So you could have like, you know, I've got my summer home here and then I got my winter home there. I got the expansion, but I never got to it. Because it's I get... Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. You get to that point. I mean, you get a house in one place. You get... You get a homestead in another and can develop it up. It's really cool. Um, I think I got to the point I had a giant attack my house and was trying to figure out how to defeat him. It was very weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the video game side of things. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I was actually pricing out PlayStation 4s. It looks like I could get a pre-owned one from GameStop for about 280 bucks. So I might try to do that in my future. We'll see. Because I want to get some PS4 time in. I got some friends who's got some uh, multiplayer games they want to play. And it's like, cool. Let me jump in on that if I can. Oh, yeah. So hey. Still hold off on the whole, you know, all that. But I think one of the games is Ghost of Shishi. So I might actually get to be able to jump in on some of that. But hey, that they action. did. They did drop that multiplayer mode. So, hey, I'll be there with you. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, on to the D&D side of things. And I actually got a couple of things. Uh, one of the things I kind of want to spend some time chatting about. And this is uh, probably more of a kind of a helpful, maybe just kind of a tip or maybe a behind the behind the curtain kind of deal. Um, but I want to talk about um, 
I want to talk about how random events make great opportunities and struggling with writer's block as a dungeon master. It definitely happens. So obviously as a writer yourself, you get writer's block and you're like, okay, how do I kind of work through this? And you kind of have a stopping point. I yeah. admit I was kind of at that with, um, with one of my games recently. I really wasn't sure where to go or it was that I have so many choices. I don't know which ones to develop. And so I was sitting there going, I'm si I was sitting there all the way up to the 11th hour going, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. So I ended up making the mental decision, making the decision that, all right, this is collaborative storytelling, which means I'm not the only storyteller. Mm -mm, nope. All the other people at the table are storytellers. And they have sent me various things to work with. Some of them are a little fresher on my mind than others. But it was one of those things. You know what? Let's see where the players go. And see if we can jump ahead of them. And ended up with the players making decisions about going and investigating a carnival. And it was like, all right. So carnival. I'm literally designing a carnival in my head at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and that I'm using awesome. I, I'm taking some of the inspiration from like uh you know the classic Dumbo movie or some classic Scooby-Doo where it's like pink elephants no I didn't have pink elephants oh I okay. didn't have a gorillion though which if you've not seen one of those it's like a four-armed gorilla the large that monstrosity sounds scary oh I mean it was trying to think of like you know this is kind of like a, a, a creepy carnival thing uh, there was a video game back okay. in the 90s. Uh, I was trying to remember. It was a shooter one, kind of like House of the Dead, where it was this creepy carnival. And as I was thinking, it's like that was flashing in my head and some of these other things. I think I played that game. Yeah, it was a really great game. Loved loved it. Um, so I was trying to think of these ele elements, and it was like, all right, let's have this carnival. Let's, you know, it's it, they travel around. They got some really kind of unique creatures to kind of, you know, kind of the, that, that sideshow thing. But I didn't want the carnival, but and I didn't want the carnival to be like happy. I wanted it to be like it was kind of there, but there was some there was some stuff going on, on in the undercurrents. Wasn't 100% sure what all the undercurrents were, but I wanted to have something there. So that was it was one of those things is like, OK, I have the beginnings of an idea and I'm working through the idea on the spot with the players. Whether or not the players realize that, I don't know, but the players had fun. So for me, the important mission was accomplished. Primary goal, players had fun. <laughs> Secondary goal, I've got stuff in play to move forward and further develop. And that's kind of what we had. And where the random elements come in is toward the latter part of the session, we had somebody throw in a wandering monster. And I had started to seed a story that's happening, that's going to happen to this carnival, whether the players were there or not. And the wandering monster actually added an element to that that I could use for story. Now, granted, normally wandering monster means I roll on the D100 table or the character's level and whatever an environment, whatever creature it is, is its. But in this one, I actually took that as like, you know what? I can use that as story. So let me add story. And players did not disappoint. Did not disappoint at all. See, that's always a good thing. Sometimes you just drop the ripple and the and the waves come. Yeah, and and that that's the big thing is I wanted to and, and for me it was that it was that jumpstart and creativity, 
in trying to work through because this time I'm actually not working off of a module. Mm -mm. I'm literally writing this as we go. So it's complete homebrew ish kind of deal using some inspiration that my players have fed me about their characters, trying to weave in those backstories and just literally create these characters on the fly as we're going through this. And um, one of the things I was trying to do is I'm trying to think of characters that are not the typical tropes. Mm -mm. Like if you think of a corrupted um, kind of um, corrupted kind of carnival, you're thinking you're going to have one of the quote unquote dark races being the one in charge. Like, no, I went completely a different direction. I was like, I made it. I made it the most unlikely character that you could think of being the person who is the most intimidating to the carnival. And I think it was an interesting trope. I'm hoping it does well. Uh, the video will be up on, will be released on Friday here on YouTube. So you can check it out and then mm -hmm. tell me about it later. Um, another one is random moments and possible seating was Saturday morning. We had a moment where random wild magic occurred and a unicorn showed up. <laughs> And the unicorn showed up and one of the players was like, I don't know what to do. I'm torn. Me as a player, no, I should not mess with this unicorn. Me as the character says, oh, I am so going to kill that. And because I'm a hunter and that's what hunters do and, and all this. And it was just like, oh, hey, gosh, you know, it might be a, a good thing to put on the wall. Maybe I don't know. Well, it was interesting because it was like one of those who was just like, wait, you're going to, you're, what? Huh? That's how they roll, I guess. All right, let's do this. See, thankfully, it was a very easy combat. It was two people in the initiative order. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> did this combat, and then it was like, okay, I, monster I'd never really used before, <laughs> thrown into the mix, and he, the player pretty much almost one shot at it in the first round. And I was like, well, that sucks. Hey, it's should have. I don't know. Uh, there was some <laughs> elements I needed to. I, I, there was some elements to the creature's abilities I didn't get to use. I should have that might have dragged it out just a hair longer. But it was like, oh, we'll go with that. But I do. I am going to take that as an opportunity to lay a potential plot thread for later that I can develop that I literally came up with while we were talking and some of those moments where it's like we talk in the post session and it was like ooh i could use this hey sometimes it happens that way the yeah. ripple goes on but moral of more the point on this is i'm saying is if you're new if you're dungeon mastering or trying to and working with players do not feel like if you can't come up with something to do or, or in, encounters or situations for the players don't stress on it too much as long as you can encourage your players to interact and kind of point the direction because sometimes it's like it's really intimidating because it's like i don't know what to do i want to have this stuff prepped up i want to have all of these potential plot threads laid out and it's like, you know, maybe sometimes you should just kind of let them go and literally put down the rails or the sidewalls as they're walking. Hopefully they don't see you as you do it. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to run legendary actions when the initiative order is two. <laughs> Skadoosh. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that oh. was uh that was my D D kind of thing for this week. Sounds um, uh, a lot, very eventful, especially with the unicorn showing up, so yep. That was so <laughs> wild. That was so wild. The unicorn showing up and he's like, as a hunter, he would hunt it. He'd never seen it, and it's like, okay. I mean, he's having fun with the character. So uh, that is the ultimate thing. My players are having fun. I'm good with that in the end. And if it's one of those things, rule of cool versus rule of you really shouldn't do this, I'm going to go with rule of cool because the, that's what the player wants to do, and we'll see how that plays out. Now, this may come back to haunt the player later as a potential storyline. Who knows? We'll find out. Because it does say that if you kill a unicorn, then you are the subject of some form of divine retribution. How that plays out, we'll see. Divinity has its ways in yeah. games. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that is. I have to. I have to. I have to develop that some more on the World Anvil and kind of work through that. But um, if there's a topic or question of DD that you'd like me to kind of give some thoughts and opinions on please leave a comment below in the video description or shoot me a message through social media uh it's got the little rotator thing there yeah that way yeah that way there's a rotator thing there it kind of lists all the social where you could find find us on social media over there um or over in our discord yeah it's over there over there, over there. yeah that way that way yeah, I got it. I feel like the Cheshire Cat. That'd be such a cool NPC. It could be. It could be. Just the wild kind of Alice in Wonderland uh, animated Cheshire Cat who was just, you know, out there. <laughs> <laughs> or you could check us out on the disc. Uh, come join our Discord and, and shoot a message there. For in the uh, We have a couple of channels for that. Or even uh, the Sunday was even the, uh, the podcast channel. She, those kinds of things. So had some really good ones. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn pointed out, but even newbies can have great ideas that leads to great stories. So Sometimes true. It is that with the unknown of the material, you can just be imaginative. Yeah, especially if you have a good cast that you can play off of. And this is a real nice thing. This is, I think, one of the beautiful moments. The most I think this is one of the beautiful things I like Critical Role. Those guys play off of each other so well. You'd swear it was scripted. <laughs> Hey, sometimes it is that way. Yeah. And then sometimes they just take things completely out of the rails. But uh, yeah, it's good to see groups that you kind of have that where you can play off of each other. And I really enjoy that. But that is that. Um, Yeah. Ooh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Sippity sip. Got to drink. Got to talk. Got to do those things. Oh, we're getting there. Little by little. Let's say we dive into our odds and ends. What do you say, my man? Yeah, let's go ahead and... Get some odds and ends. Oddies and endies. Bum, bum, bum. The odds of the day and the ends of the way. Odds and ends. Here we go. Oh, that's not the first one we're talking about. We're going to talk about that one first. All right. 
Uh, this uh, first uh, odds and ends is a section where we talk about various random stories we find on the internet and offer our opinions. These are our opinions, our alone. We do not; they're not supported or endorsed by anyone other than ourselves. And if you like them, cool. If not, if if you disagree or have a different opinion, please leave it in the comments below. Let's have a discussion. Let's feed that algorithm. You know what I'll I mean? I'll put the I'll put the link in the chat if you want to follow along with the article. All right. So our first one is from The Verge, and that is talking about how HBO Max has hit their subscriber goal of 40 million subscribers two years ahead of schedule. Yes, sir. Now, some caveats. This is from the recent earnings report that AT&T published for their first for their first quarter. And it takes into account that what they consider a subscriber is anyone who has downloaded the app or has or has purchased uh, or has gotten the subscription through their cable provider or through some type of promotional deal, i.e. you're an AT&T customer for self-service and they give you this as part of your cell phone uh, package, they consider that a subscriber at HBO Max. So the numbers are kind of skewed, but yep. we understand skewed. we understand yep. that because all of the streaming services do that. Yeah, That's the how they you know have their numbers. And point of comparison is like they're at 40 million. Yeah. Disney Plus is at 80 million. But this is also taken into account that in September, shortly after the service launched, even though it was a dismal launch because there was branding issues and all of these other things, in September they were at 28.7 million. So only been a few months, and they've almost and they've just about doubled their subscription base. I'd say it's pretty good. Another thing, AT&T is crediting the success of their streaming service because of their decision to co-release all of their 2021 films on HBO Max as well as in theaters. Rai, what are your thoughts? My thoughts is this is a very great thing and it's something that I kind of was a prognosticator of that uh, blending of theater and streaming a same day release that that this was going to not only that it was because of the the covid pandemic they were going to do the split that way but also they found it as a way to boost up their streaming service because hbo uh, hbo max had that rocky start but at the same time hbo max has a plethora of great content so not only is this the the simultaneous release is driving subscribers there it's actually uh coupled with the promotional stuff you know through their carriers people are not leaving because they're realizing hey there's a lot of great content over here not just the new movies that are dropping like wonder woman 1984 the little things a couple other movies coming down the line in the next couple months like godzilla versus kong and judas and the messiah um i think it's a great thing it's showing the strength of what a uh, subscription base is going to be not to mention the the 86 million subscribers that you mentioned for disney plus and also in another release with netflix is close to 200. so it's just showing that the trends are moving in one direction and that sometimes taking a risk does have a reward speaking of risks and rewards here's <laughs> a risk that might be tasty or just downright weird another link in the chat if you want to follow along now so if you're looking at this this is a bowl of craft mac and cheese 
Yes, sir. However, it's been colored and with a with an additional candy flavoring in a celebration of Valentine's Day. This is the latest product from Kraft, who has gotten on the bandwagon of sensational, gimmicky kind of stunts. They did a uh, what was it having here? Oh. They did a Kraft Mac and Cheese breakfast variant. And, and also a pumpkin spice version. Yes, I was just getting that. The pumpkin <laughs> spice they released over the back in, in, in August or September. Yeah. And now they've decided to go with a candied flavor mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. And I, based on this article from foodandwine.com, it's not just a, uh, a, a candy mac and cheese as uh craft explains quote candy craft mac and cheese is made with the same cheesy craft and mac and cheese americans know and love but but scuba includes a candy flavor packet to turn the mac and cheese pink with a hint of sweet candy flavor end quote no <laughs> <laughs> no well, I'm, I'm sorry uh but the thing is, there is a catch with this mac and cheese. It's only available for a limited time. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. Oh, not uh, not just limited time. It's not uh, you can't purchase from your store. You instead you have until February 8th to enter into a contest for a random drawing. The craft will pick a thousand winners and ship this out to them by February 14th. Hint Valentine's Day. So you can have some pink mac and cheese with your lovely significant other on the 14th people. Yeah. Um, again, no, no, not me. Not, not, not for me. Not for me. Not for me. Mm, maybe we can just try to, uh, you know what? I, I no. Mm -mm. Uh, well, we can, uh, spend our misery somewhere else. I know. Let's go to Egypt. Not Egypt. Yeah. Wait. Oh, Wrong link for me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't have an image for this one, but this is an interesting thing. If you're for us science nerds, I know who you are in the chat. I know you're a science nerd. You might appreciate this, but I remember back when I was back when it was like really had that love of archaeology and, and they're all things coming out of archaeology and, you know, like Indiana Jones and all that fun stuff. Well, we had a recent discovery in Egypt. Oh, yeah. It and is that a is a version of the uh, uh, essentially a Necronomicon of sorts has been discovered in Egypt. Or this is an ancient ancient book of the dead scroll that was recently recovered as part of a horde of antiquities from a 4000 year old um, uh, funerary temple. Now, yeah. this particular book of the dead Book of the Dead People is 13 feet long. It is a pretty book, a big book. And I put the link in in the chat. Took me a while to get it posted in there. But off of sci-fi.com, um, the treasure also includes over 50 wooden uh, sarcophagi, a Senate board game, a riverboat with rowers, a statue of Pitsock Osiris, wooden mask and plenty of other um, ancient things from ancient Egypt. But just the fact they found a book of the dead is kind of awesome, but creepy at the same and the time. The thing is, the book actually is supposed to be a guide for when your soul goes to the afterlife. So, you know which way to go to get to the land, to get to uh, where Osiris hangs out. 
So if there's a construction on Highway Sand, you make a left on Nile yeah, West. Look, pretty much. Think of this as like the uh, think of this as like a a a really long set of directions, <laughs> and even one of those really really confusing maps from back in the day when we before we had TomTom Tom and Google Earth and and all of those GPS things that told us, hey, turn left here, but there's no road. Turn left here, but there's no road. Just do it. <laughs> Or you could get the cool little sound things like have Samuel L. Jackson or Darth Vader give you directions. Oh, yeah. You know, who doesn't who, who who doesn't think that's cool? Oh, yeah, it's cool. But, you know, it is it is interesting, interesting to see when you can find a lot of these historical stuff and actually it helps to add more knowledge to what happened before. Um, side note, um, it predates the coffins by at least eight centuries of all the other stuff they found. So that's pretty cool. But speaking of historic. Yep. Speaking of something historic. Oh, come on, links. All righty. What we have here now for all of our friends across the pond, you might be familiar with this, but for the, some of us who are literary for fi fans of literary stuff. I got the link in there, Scoob. You got the link in there. All right. Uh, this is a picture of the Lamb and Flag Pub. This yep. particular pub was for, first opened 450 years ago. 1566, to be exact, Scoob. Yep. And then it moved to to uh, the location we're seeing here, which is on St. Giles, which is kind of a major thoroughfare, uh, back in 1613. Uh, this particular pub actually closed January 31st. Now, why are we caring about a 450-year-old pub that closed? Aside from the fact, hey, it's a 450-year-old pub. That's cool. Yeah. No TV, no jukebox, no nothing. You came in there, you sat, and you talked. But some of the inter other interesting bits of note for this is this happened to be a frequent hangout for a certain uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and a certain C.S. Lewis of Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia, respectively. Oh, yeah. Um, they used to hang out here. Also, this particular pub uh, was owned by St. John's College, which, if you're not familiar with, St. John's is one of the 45 colleges and private halls that make up the University of Oxford. Yeah. And that this what and profits from this little establishment actually funded scholarships for grad students. Unfortunately, due to many other things, the pandemic has rained major catastrophe on this to where the pub is no longer was no longer deemed profitable. Mm -mm. So its doors were closed on January 31st. I'm kind of bummed by this. <laughs> It sounded like a good kind of um, a bucket list item to do, especially if, you know, anybody that wanted to tour over on the, the UK side. And it is kind of sad to see that, you know, the tragedy that happens with what is with the pandemic, no matter how famous or how long you've been going, like this thing has been there forever in a day, you know, some things just don't last. And to add another like side note, uh, it's named after symbols traditionally associated with St. John the Baptist. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Alrighty. And our, we got, uh, oh yeah, our last story for tonight is a feel-good kind of dealio. Okay. Come on. 
That's what happens with YouTube chats. And uh, this is something really kind of cool. Let me see if I can get this to work up here. I'll put the link in the chat and there you go. It's work. Yeah, it'll work. Ooh. Wait, let me... Awesome. But while um, Scuba is getting to work, um, you know, it's been snowing a lot lately. And sometimes people like to have fun in the snow. Well, instead of people, these are actually animals. And speaking of animals, these were penguins at the St. Louis Zoo. Um, they decided, hey, why don't we make a fun-filled trip over to our neighbor's places and visit our friendly polar bears and grizzly bears. And as you can see on the screen, we have a video of the penguins uh, making the trip in the zoo to visit their friends. You have the king penguins, Ethel and Elliot, uh, leading a group of young penguins by CJ, Oshi, Linus, Sunny Double, and Trouble. And the idea was this, is they got to go out and uh, go visit the bears. Yeah. Uh, they went, they walked, now typically their enclosure is completely indoors. Yes. So the, it, as part of this kind of enrichment program, so to speak, it was let them kind of wander out and they wandered and got them to wander over to the bear pens, specifically the polar bear and grizzly bears. And they willingly walked up to the, <laughs> to the, to the enclosure and kind of were just hanging out. Yes, sir. They were like, hey, what's up, bud? Hey, what's up, bud? Pretty much. So, I mean, granted, this is one of those things. These species do not interact nat naturally because penguins are in Antarctica and polar bears are in the Arctic. So, but this is kind of just one of those. This is really kind of fun. This kind of, you know, even the animals can enjoy visiting the, visiting other animals in the zoo. So the fun-filled winter wonderland in St. Louis Zoo. Oh, yeah. So if you want to check them out, let's go to St. Louis. Road trip. <laughs> that was cool. Oh yeah, very chill. It actually brings a smile to my face in the snow. I'm when... glad it does, because it's a good thing to, you know, to have kind of those feel good things. You know, winter isn't entirely bad. No, it isn't. <laughs> but with that, uh, that wraps up our uh, our hangout for this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, for hanging out in the chat with us. Thank you for watching this video, sticking around to the end. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank um, you. If you enjoy the content you're seeing, please be sure to hit the like button. And if you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe. Hit the little bell notification we notified when new videos come out i've got a cut i've got last week's uh D, D episodes are going to show up on be show up on friday free to check out if but if you want early access consider going over to patreon.com scuba studio and consider being a joining as a patron there uh being a patron is the best way to support the channel and support the studio so we can continue to develop and further bring content to you um, schedule of events. We have Saturday morning at 10 a.m. is Shadow Watch, a live D&D game that is currently still being streamed over on twitch.tv slash scuba studio. Uh, join myself and a wonderful cast of characters as we traverse through the Underdark to find an ancient set of relics and maybe find another unicorn to kill because... Maybe he found a way to make your unicorn meat taste good on the spit. Who knows? Replication is possible. 
That's true. And then Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern again over on twitch.tv slash scuba studio. You can watch Challenge Accepted. We are in our third season. The third cast season, is at the carnival. Uh, some marrow have uh, crept out from the nearby coastline and started to attack the carnival. We will see what our characters do to potentially intervene or not. Uh, and all the fun there and then of course sunday morning 12 p.m eastern here back here on youtube i do a live stream where we hang out i talk with people in discord all of my cast are welcome to jump in and kind of do q a uh we do q a with the chat and as i paint some miniatures live right there i literally come up with the color color design as i'm doing it because i'm working on my painting ability and i'm taking you i'm allowing you to partake in the journey with me Yes, sir. If you grab your coffee and hang out for that. Um, big shout out for Stream Beats, which is the music we've been hearing in the background. It's DRM free you. music that you Stream can Beats. use for your videos and streams. And with that, uh, thank you to the moderators. Thank you to the chat. Thank you to the community. You all are awesome, wonderful, wonderful human beings and wish you a very safe and happy week. Mm. And we will see you on our next stream. Goodbye, everybody. Peace. Yeah, there's the schedule and all that other fun stuff, because, yeah, that's really cool. There is the show. And a thank you to our patrons. You got all, If you're a $5 patron or higher, you get your name listed here on the stream at the end. And you want to get your name up there? Go to Patreon, like I said. With that, I'm going to... Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to play more video games. Or D&D. Uh, we're gonna have some fun. We'll find out later. I'll do the same. And sleep. Yeah. Work comes early. <laughs>